Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. Thank you for joining us today in our search for what makes a great communicator. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone, and every episode we'll be speaking with leaders and experts on how they were able to use their communication skills to inspire, create trust, collaboration, and influence others all in a respectful manner. How did they do it? What did they do to get better? How did they adapt? Where did they fail? Listeners and viewers, if you are looking to improve your communication skills and take those steps to being the next great leader in business, you're in the right place. Enjoy the podcast. You would like to be better at presenting and engaging your audience, whether that be an audience of one or a thousand people. How do you do it? Well, in this episode, we've got Nancy Watson to help us, and she's going to be sharing some great principles on presentation skills and communication. And it all starts by asking yourself this one question. Who's in the audience and why should this matter to them? Because it's not about you, it's about them. Nancy L. Watson is president of NL Watson Consulting Inc. And she has helped professional services firms win over $3 billion in competitive bids. Since 2012, she has worked almost exclusively with law firms and in-house legal departments globally. Nancy is an internationally recognized speaker and is also the author of The Silver Bullet, How RFPs Are Won. This is an insightful episode on adapting, leadership, and the communication skills needed to get your audience engaged. Let's meet Nancy Watson. Nancy Watson, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you very much for the invite. I really appreciate it. Well, it's so good to have you here. And this is something I'm really excited to share with our listeners because we're going to be talking about your journey as a presenter, how you learned how to you know, engage audiences across North America. And something that's really different here is talking about how you got legal teams, legal firms, to be able to change their mindsets and their perspectives uh, to to. Uh, upgrade, update their presentation skills, coming to the 21st century, so to speak. Uh, and I think one of the keys, and this is the title of our show, is that it's not about us, it's about them. And that's one of the Absolutely. keys as we'll be going through through your journey. So uh, if you're ready, let's start a little bit about, let's start, not a little bit, let's start with your presentation uh, experience working with some of these legal teams. What What was your observation when you first started working with legal teams, legal firms? Well, I found that lawyers are very good speakers and other professional services, maybe not so much, but lawyers, it's, it's their living. Mm -hmm. And I found that they have a tendency to ramble and get off topic because they have so much information in their mind and they want to get it all out right. at once. So they really need to, to, you know, streamline and focus on what they were going to talk about, especially in a presentation. Well, and that sounds like a huge shift when you're a smart person, you've gone to school, you've got an education and you have so much, you've amassed so much information and there's so, it's the law, right? There's so many strict things that you, that you want to get across and so many points that you want to be made. Um, and then you had to get them to shift that it's not all that information, but it's how they how they communicate and why their audience should care. Is that is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. They have to really learn to streamline their thoughts and get to the point. 
That is so, so true. So working with some of the, the legal firms, and I think you have an example, right, of working with, with a team yeah. where they, if they had done it the way they wanted to do it, there would have been a huge missed opportunity. Right. Can you, can you share so, that a little bit with us? Yes, I often critique uh, lawyers before they give a presentation in a proposal for a prospective client. And I listened to the first run through Mm -hmm. And I noticed that one of the people who would be attending the presentation, she was totally ignored by all the speakers. And this would have been, you know, quite a disaster. She yeah. definitely would have felt uh, miffed at the end of this. But it was interesting because I really had to stand my ground mm -hmm. and say, you really need to understand why this woman with this title is attending this presentation because she is on the selection committee. So when the lawyers gave it some thought, they addressed her needs. So it was such a much better presentation sure. by them doing that. Yeah, and they realized it themselves afterwards that that was a good catch that they needed to address everybody and this is something when you think about it had you not come in this is something that they probably have been doing for for oh, forever absolutely it's part of their business like i help law firms respond to rfps it's and then after the rfp very often they have to do a presentation by the team to win the business. So right. this has been going on for a long time and it's still going on. And that was a couple years ago. But even now when I critique teams, there's sometimes huge gaps in their presentations and it doesn't take a lot to fix it, but it's critical because they have to consider the audience, not, you know, all the wonderful things they've done, but how does that, apply to the audience all their great cases and their great wins well that's nice but what about me you know that was them and what about me yeah you know that is that's a great way to to put that into perspective which is uh what about the audience so yes you have a congratulations legal firm you have a lot of wins you have a lot of victories you know been around since 1898 you know bravo <laughs> how does that apply to who you're speaking to because i I'm assuming they also have to shift. Like you said, there was one woman in the audience that hadn't even thought about. So they're speaking to different audiences all the time, but do they keep saying the same spiel every time or do they adapt? Yes, it's only if they adapt in the written proposal and in their presentation, they have to adapt to the audience. And like you said, they're all different. Sometimes it's like the CEO, the CFO and the GC. Uh, sorry, general counsel. Thank you. And then other times they'll have the IT person come in or they'll right. have all different people, especially since COVID, IT is huge, security is huge. And that person might be junior in the, in the company, but they're certainly not junior in having their influence as to which law firm to select. Yeah, so I'm wondering, is there any questions that you ask of them when they're when looking at the audience uh, or thinking of the audience? Or is there any questions that you ask of them or they should be asking themselves when you look at who's who's in the audience? I think it's critical that 
they know in advance, if they can, who's going mm-hmm. to be in the audience. Now, sometimes companies don't tell you, which is actually an error on the side of the corporation. Right. The presenters need to know who's in the room. But let's say they don't find out until the last second. I mean, you can guess some of the people. Obviously, the general counsel is going to be there. The CFO these days is going to be there. There's going to be people who will definitely show up. And when they're speaking to the audience, they need to not, and they'll often get the business card just before. So, you know, they could do a quick read, but they've already prepared for a lot of those audience members. And funny enough, it seems strange for lawyers because they're used to speaking to an audience. A lot of times when they're giving a presentation, they'll just look at their notes. Right. Or the, or worse, they'll turn around and look at the slides. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. And they need to look at the audience and they need to read their faces. They need to connect. And yeah. I'm an active listener. So if somebody's saying something I agree with, I'm going to go, yeah. But that's me. And they shouldn't take it personally if they're talking to a whole team of people who are not active listeners. Mm-hmm. And they might there might be no expression at all on their face, but it doesn't mean they don't agree with what you're saying, they don't understand. Right. They do, it's just their style of listening. Which is which is a really great point. Sometimes we read a little bit too much into, into it, into that, as you said, they have a different style of listening where maybe they're absorbing everything and they don't realize their face is not showing <laughs> that they're uh, agreeing or their heads are not nodding. They're not smiling. They're just, they're absorbing it. Um, yeah. yeah. So knowing your audience, which is so funny because the, the show is, it's about them. And it is amazing that when, you know, for our listeners listening to this, when you want to communicate, especially when you're doing a presentation, eye contact, and yeah. you know, t- taking a pause, I guess, is what you're saying, and and maybe knowing what you're saying, why that why it matters to the person in front of you. Is that you, is that on the right path? Yes, if you've done your homework mm-hmm. on you know the company, you've sent in a really good uh, written bid, then now you're confident. You mm-hmm. know what they need to hear. You know who's going to say what. You're relaxed, and so you you can be a much better communicator so yeah in a sense you've done the heavy lifting if if, if right. your uh your proposal has been accepted we like what you, we like what we read this is right. good <laughs> now now you're now you're doing that part where you want to influence them and say and this is why it matters to you now that we're we're face to face or virtual exactly okay exactly well, let's let's talk about you know as we go talk about face to face and virtual. You've you've done presentations around North America. Uh, you've, you've coached. You've trained. How did you figure all this out? <laughs> what's what's cool? What's what school of hard knocks? <laughs> what school of right. life did you go to on on this for Nancy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say in the late seventies, early eighties. I was the only woman at the boardroom table, and I was quite young back then, and my audience was senior partners. And I learned very quickly that uh, there's no small talk with lawyers. You know, Mm. they're professional services, time is money, and they want to, you know, get to the point. So I learned right away 
very quickly to get to the point. And also to speak in a way to convince them okay. that, you know, what I was saying uh, would make them write a better proposal, would make them present a better proposal. So I would sometimes use their own terminology. You know, I'd say, you know, you, you want to have a brief. So, you know, as a lawyer, well, when you're walking into a presentation in your mind, you've got to think of a brief. What's the overview? What's, you know, what's going on? So as much as I could, I try to use terminology that right away they have a picture in their mind. Okay, so this is this is this is gold right off the bat. So you know, one realize who your audience was. They're lawyers, and they need you to get to the point. They don't have time for it. Took you two hours to get here. You took the the this subway. It, you took this. It's like no, right off the bat. Uh, let's get to you know what's important immediately. The meat of the matter. Two, yeah. con to convince them. It's it's one use their language, use their terms, so that they're. They're more maybe they're not active listeners, but you've 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 perked their ears a little bit because they're hearing familiar words. You're speaking their same language. Exactly, and lawyers do not like to repeat themselves. So okay. get it the first time. Don't have to go back later and ask questions. And if you don't understand what they're saying, the first go through, the clarify it right away. You won't get a second chance. Like when you have those um, kickoff meetings. You have to be so prepared for your audience, which is the senior lawyers. Right. You know their nature, and you've got to be able to move through in less than an hour all the key points, you know, all the strategies, all the agreements and, and fees. It's huge amount of information to squeeze into an hour because if after that meeting you think you're going to be able to email that partner and say, oh, what was that point you were talking about? That's not going to be nice. Nope. It won't be pretty. Nancy, you said earlier that you are an active listener. Has this made you even more of an active listener to the fact that lawyers don't repeat themselves? Yes, because if they don't repeat themselves, I'm definitely going to go... I, I didn't understand that. And could you rephrase? If I don't understand their terminology, because sometimes I don't, I'll say, could you repeat that in layman's terms? Yeah. They're happy to do it. And they're very good at doing it because they're used to, you know, speaking lawyer speak and speaking, you know, to uh, the ordinary person on the street. So they don't, they don't have a problem with it in the meeting. I, I, you know, this is this is so good for, for our listeners and just communicating in general. One is whether you're speaking to a lawyer or not, you should always be listening as though this is the one time this person is going to say it. People don't like right. to repeat themselves. How many times no. do we do we say, I just told you? <laughs> Weren't you listening? I just said it. I just explained it to you. Um, but it's yeah. also our own fear to, to of not – we're so afraid of looking – ignorant or naive or, or stupid for lack right. of a better word to ask that clarifying question but people feel what you're saying is that the lawyers felt respected and appreciated yeah. that you respected their time that you were not going to come back that you wanted to get yeah. it right absolutely and you know some litigators are a little you know um i won't say difficult to work with but some litigators are 
well, that's what they do for a living is they express themselves. And sometimes they express themselves with a lot of emotion. And when you clarify something with them, they love it because they know you've got it. You'll use it and you're not going to come back. Right. It's, it's, it's so good that clarifying is, is we're so mm-hmm. afraid to, to say, I'm not sure I understand that. Or, or maybe, as you said, you're, are you being swayed by the emotion that maybe you're missing some of the facts? Is that, was that what you were saying, Nancy? I think sometimes you're afraid, like you said, to look like you don't know what you're doing. Like the lawyers right. expect you to know something about their business, but right. they don't expect you to know all of it. So get over yourself. <laughs> and find out what the lawyer means because sometimes it can be something quite different than what you were wondering about. Uh, I, I like that. That's, that's going to be my new catchphrase. You know, get over yourself. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's going to be my own self. Like that should be our own self-talk all the time. Get over <laughs> yourself, Silverstone. <laughs> oh, that's true. All right, we're going to go, we're going to talk some more about these, these principles of uh, presentation, how you learn more and which is really so important how we communicate. And we're going to talk about your, your failure to die moment uh, right after this break. Hi, I'm Joy Newhold and we'll be right back to our interview. When I started the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company in 2002, I never would have imagined that one day we would have a podcast. So first, I want to thank you for listening and share some really exciting information about our organization with you. For years, we have made our live instructor-led software and soft skills training, consulting and coaching services customizable to meet the unique needs of each client and committed ourselves to a high quality of customer service. This combined to make the learning experience better for the participants and the planning process easier for the organizer. We love helping our clients so much We also develop many additional free resources to help you along the way, and this podcast is just one of them. At greatcanadiantraining.ca, you will find our free monthly webinars, blog articles, and free downloads covering everything from building better dashboards in Excel to navigating difficult conversations and everything in between. So make sure to join us at greatcanadiantraining.ca. But for now, I better let you get back to the podcast. Please enjoy the rest of the interview. Principles about presentation, because uh, we've got uh, our you know, get to the point. <laughs> we've got our communicating way that is convincing, which is, you know, speak the same language as them. Listen intently so that people don't have to repeat themselves and get over yourself. <laughs> Ask that <laughs> clarifying question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, before you were talking about some of the suggestions you give, some of the coaching you give to the legal firms is about uh, connecting with the audience, you know, you, you're watching the audience. So right. how did you how did you figure that part out for well, yourself? When I, yes. When I've given presentations to quite large audiences or even sometimes, you know, the small ones, but especially when you've got a room full of people, I would look at individuals across the audience in all parts of the audience and many times when I found that there was not a lot of reaction I took it personally Mm. and I thought oh no they don't like what I'm saying or they don't understand and what's funny is a lot of times from the people who had no emotion there were they were the ones that gave me really great reviews yeah. So that's when I learned just to 
do your homework, give a good presentation, and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. It's a funny thing because sometimes you're doing it and people are checking their phones or whatever. And so that might be a cue. Okay. I need to maybe stop talking or maybe ask a question or take a pause or change or change my language. Right. Maybe that's a cue at the same time. People might be just stone faced, but they're analyzing what you're saying and to to not let that throw you off and, and maybe second guess yourself. So it's a fine line as to, as to (laughs) how to balance that out. But uh, with with practice, with experience, I guess you, Mm -hmm. you sort of figure out when you're losing them and when, when maybe they're not, uh, they are in it, but they're just not showing you. Exactly. And if you, I recommend even for lawyers, like my husband was in showbiz a long time ago when I first met him and, um, he was on, uh, off Broadway and. He said they still did rehearsals. I mean, how many times had they done that play and they still did a rehearsal? These are professionals. Right. So if professional actors do rehearsals, how much more so should we do rehearsals? And practice in front of a mirror. And I recommend to them to say what they're going to say out loud because it always takes longer out loud. Nice. And when you hear it, and I even have my husband come and listen to me, um, it sounds different. And many times I'll have to go back to my notes and go, mm, you know what, that didn't come out right or it just didn't sound right. Right. And make sure that your face matches what you're saying. You know, if you're saying, good morning, <laughs> and you just go, good morning, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> How many times have you seen the legal team, the legal firm walk in and go, we're really excited to share our thoughts with you and you, you're going to be wowed by what we're going to say. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, sorry. They're reading their notes. Uh, we're really excited to be here. <laughs> they're looking at their slide. We're really excited to be here. And <laughs> That's so true. We're, we're joking, yeah. but people don't realize that because, right. uh, as you said, uh, you know, performers constantly rehearse um, because it's it becomes to the point where you want to get so comfortable with it that you're not thinking about the lines anymore and and the legal team and the people presenting or even is even when we're communicating we're so busy thinking about what we want to say that we're missing the the opportunity to connect absolutely absolutely right um, which is the same with, with the actors, right? If you, it's like, how do people memorize those lines? Well, you, you memorize them so well, uh, and often people remember them a little bit by either my intention, what, why am I saying this? Or they remember it by a stage direction. When I get up, that's my cue to say this line. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Sometimes that helps, right? When I point, that'll be my time to say, and now, and now here's the overview when I point. <laughs> Right. <laughs> All of that helps. So it's very funny. It's it sounds yeah. hysterical, but it's really true. And so this is great coaching that you're giving, which is say it out loud. Um, right. How often do people go in and they're going to maybe deliver an important message, maybe not even a presentation, just an important message. Uh, and they haven't said it out loud. So the first time they're saying it out loud, they're, they're just hearing their their voice and the words and they're thrown off because they're they're hearing it and going this isn't what i wanted to say or that sounds funny now that i say it out loud like is that is that the thought 
Yes, absolutely. It's amazing how many times you'll adjust your notes when you hear yourself say it. And yeah. even if you don't have a, a number of people who can critique you, get someone who is going to be honest and not just say, oh, yeah, you did a great job because they don't want to hurt your feelings. You know, like get your husband, <laughs> get your right. wife, get your kids and uh, a, a good friend and they will always help you improve. They'll, they'll pick up something that you totally missed. How did you yeah. become open to that kind of feedback? Because I think as you say that, people are like, oh, my, I could never do this, you know, get feedback, uh, let alone from someone that I'm close to. So how did you, what was the switch for you to be able to say, husband, are you, you know, I'm, I'm going to be open to your feedback. How did you, how did you make that switch? Well, once again, get over yourself. Mm. You know, really, I, it is so true. They're trying to help you. Right. And even though, like, sometimes when, when you speak, you'll get feedback from an audience, you know, they'll fill out a little survey. And sometimes you think, oh, that's not true. And then you go, wait a minute, this was somebody's opinion. This is a gift. If everybody's yeah. just always going, yeah, terrific, 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 terrific. Well, you haven't really learned anything. I mean, it's lovely when it happens. But it's the people who take the time to think and say, you know what? You gestured too much. Or you, I don't know, whatever it was. And that is one of the best ways to learn. So take the feedback, whether it's verbal or in written form, as a gift for you to improve your speaking ability. That, that, is, that is so, I love that feedback is a gift because yeah, uh, if you want to grow, if you want to be better at communicating yeah. or better at presenting, it's not going to happen unless you're open to feedback. And of course, you know, as you're saying, sometimes the feedback, maybe you're going to take it with uh, a bit of a perspective, you know, maybe someone was having a bad day or maybe it wasn't the information right. that they expected. Um, right. So you, you can't take it personally. Right. You don't take it in a negative way. And, and like you say, sometimes you may have to take it with a grain of salt. But I have found by far the majority of feedback to be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it may not be what you want to hear, but, it, you know, right. it's up to you what right. you do with that for the next one. And and often you'll yeah. go, oh, yeah, you know what? This, this is a lot better now that I've incorporated some of that feedback. I'm gesturing too much or... Uh, right. I'm not smiling enough, or uh, I spoke too much, or it wasn't interactive yeah. enough, whatever that might be. Exactly. Let's go. Now, we're going we're gonna to go over. If you're ready, Nancy, we're going to go over yeah. to the moment in our show that we like to call <laughs> failure. Ta-da! <laughs> I was hoping we would just skip this, like maybe uh, go over time and sure. not, you know, can't fit it yeah. in. Uh, and that's our show for today. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Ed. <laughs> Drive you. safely. Um, you know, it's 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 what a nice coincidence that your your husband was a was a performer because failure to die is from the world of performance, from the world of improvisation, which is it's a little exercise that, that people do to celebrate their failures. Exactly what you're saying. The feedback is an opportunity for growth. Yeah. That when we had our failures, it was a chance to go. Okay, it didn't feel good, but I'm going to celebrate it and grow from it. And we go, ta-da. So if you're ready, Nancy, to share your failure, ta-da moment. Thank you in advance for sharing it. And if you want, you could say ta-da if you want at the end. Okay. <laughs> I'll start with ta-da just in case I Perfect. forget. <laughs> 
So um, I had just finished a presentation I felt went really, really well. And we opened it up to the audience. And I would say about my third or fourth question in, somebody asked me a question that I totally did not expect. Uh. I was not prepared for. And I answered off the cuff. And by time, it's one of those things when you don't hear yourself say it out loud, right? So as soon as I said it out loud, I realized that it wouldn't be interpreted the right way. So then I spent the next three minutes trying to explain what I meant. Right. Uh, that was painful. So next time that happens to me, I'm going to say, you know, that's a great question. And I've never thought of it, to be honest. So I'd just like some time to think about it and I'll get back to you. Would have been much better. Very, very courageous. Again, the, the get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do have to eventually. The, 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 courage, <laughs> the courage to ask those clarifying questions. Right. And the courage to say, I know I'm an expert in what I'm speaking of, but it doesn't mean I'm an expert in everything. Exactly right. And I love that you say, I haven't actually thought of that before. As opposed yeah. to saying, I don't know. <laughs> I right. haven't thought of it before. Can, and can you give me some time and I can, yeah. uh, you know, take it in, absorb it and, and get back to you on that. Or, and, and maybe they might just say, oh, you know what? Uh, sometimes people just do that. They're just throwing you the curveball for the. <laughs> right. Exactly right. Yes. I think that was actually a curveball that I fell for. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, so that's great. So that's what you know. That's thank you for sharing that failure to die. And I'm just wondering, is there anything else we could do, uh, people? Because that's probably the most challenging is that when people feel that they're on the spot being asked questions, uh, anything right. else we could do to prepare when people uh, might? We know that at one point people will be asking us questions. Any other right. suggestions? You know, I think because when I find out who's going to be attending, I phone several of those people and ask them, you know, what's on your wish list? What do you want to hear? Mm. And then, yeah, so I get a good idea of what they want. And then I would ask them, what kind of questions would you, you know, like me to answer if I, if I can't cover them in the whole program in the question period? And that would give me, uh, that does now, because I now I do that, it gives me insight into the mentality of yeah. the people attending. And uh, I find that my presentations are better now because of that one thing, contacting, not a lot. When you see that, like, majority, let's say, are um, C, C, uh, I was going to say CMO, uh, client um, marketing officers, customer marketing officers, then you interview more of the people that are in the majority in your audience. Right. And then you can do a couple more. But, you know, if you interview about three people, if they're all kind of saying the same thing, you've kind of got it for that group of listeners. And it's very helpful. Yeah, this is, um, <laughs> again, the courage you're showing, Nancy, in doing this, where, where people are saying, oh, I would never reach out to the audience before. And how important that is, oh, yeah. because Critical. this is the theme of our show. It's about them. It's not about you. And so if you imagine you're that person who's going to be an audience in there and, and someone phone reaches out to you and says, hey, what's on your wish list that you want to hear in this presentation? What kind of yeah. questions do you want to know? I'm, I'm already 
coming over as the audience member, I'm going to be already motivated and enthused about this session. Like this is going to be worth my time. It's a win-win really. It, it is. It is. It just takes, it just takes getting over yourself to make <laughs> out that contact. Yeah. But yeah. then you're not spinning your wheels when you're presenting. Right. Right. And when you know that you are meeting your audience needs, there's nothing better. It's actually really exhilarating. And then after your presentation, you know, lawyers will come up to you or whoever's in the audience and they'll say, that was great. I remember when I did the one at Shell as their um, keynote speaker, the CFO after like he was actually just coming up to the stage and I was leaving and he said, thank you so much for your presentation. He says, we learned a lot. And I thought, wow, he's like thanking me. I'm, you know, I, I had to leave because it was a, a confidential in-house meeting and he's stopping in the aisle. And I thought, wow, I'm so happy that I checked in advance and gave them what they really needed to hear. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. and the circle is complete that is lovely nancy that is that is shows the value of asking those questions finding out who's in the audience what's important to them so what i'm communicating is not about me it's about why they should care and and really if they find something beneficial about this then that's collaboration. Absolutely. Like they're busy people. Time yeah. is money. You don't want to waste their time. Anybody in the audience, everybody should be able to feel I learned something. Yeah, I've, or I, I, I felt heard. I felt uh, and now and I feel inspired coming out of that. I feel more motivated now to come out of this because this is this is something I was dealing with. And so, you know, listeners, want to know how do I influence someone? How, how do I convince someone, as you said earlier, convince someone, as you said, is listen intently, speak their language, um, right. understand what's important to them and get over yourself, which is our new <laughs> self-talk uh, statement. <laughs> Whenever we're like, should I, should I reach out to that person? Yeah, get over yourself and reach out and find <laughs> out what's important to them so that I can make full use of our meeting, make full use of our yeah. presentation, make full use of our five minutes together. What is important to them? Nancy, Absolutely. I'm sure people are, are, are listeners are going to want to know. Our one listener is going to want to know more <laughs> about uh, about you and how they can connect with you and find out more about this. So, where can we find out more about Nancy Watson? Okay, you can find it out on LinkedIn. And I'll just remind you, my name is spelled a little different. My mom misspelled my name on my birth certificate, so I don't take any credit for it. It's Nancy N A N C E Y Watson. Or you could go to the website NL Watson Consulting. I try to avoid my first name as much as possible. Because <laughs> you always have to explain it. Yeah, you always have yeah. to explain spelling. But there you go. Nancy, <laughs> N-A-N-C-E-Y, and then Watson, W-A-T-S-O-N on LinkedIn right. or NL uh for right. more information on Nancy. Nancy. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm uh, I really appreciate your time in the show. I'm going to get over myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our chat today and hope that everyone has been able to pick up some points. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks.
And now it's time for our three stars, no trois étoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you can start to put into practice. Number one, bravo, you have a lot of wins, and that's great, but what does the audience care about? Are you spending too much time in your presentation talking about how great your organization is and your rich history? Or are you focused on why your audience is there and what's important to them? Number two, adapt. Get to the point. As Nancy shared about her audience, the legal firms, it was important that she gets to the point. That's how they communicate. So how does your audience want to be communicated with? Do they need facts? Do they need examples? Do they need stories? Do you need to speak faster or slower? Or do you need to get to the point? Number three. What do you see? Make eye contact. Try not to look at your notes. Try not to look at the slides. Look out into the people that are there, your audience, and make them feel valued and important. And at the same time, you'll also see if they are engaged, if they're smiling, if they are receiving the information, or do you need to adapt and make a switch into your delivery style? So, what's the next step? Well, if you're not sure where you can apply these three stars in your business, or maybe even in life, try this in the next few days. Start here. Ask a clarifying question. Challenge yourself that as you are listening, if something is not clear, don't assume, don't send an email down the road to ask for clarification. The person is right there, right in front of you. Ask that clarifying question. They will appreciate it. They will feel respected that you are showing to them that this is important and you want to get it right. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review. Even better, subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. Let's stay connected. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GCT underscore CompUEs. And if you'd like more information, free resources or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you, and we will see you next episode.